gives you two choices when it throws everything at you. You can let it swallow you whole or you take those lemons. And as the old saying goes, you turn it into sweet, delicious lemonade. And that's exactly what this podcast is all about. Welcome to Lemonade. I'm your host, Elizabeth O'Neill, and I'll be sharing the incredible stories from inspiring people who've turned the hardest times in their life, their lemons into lemonade. Because let's be real, we all want to know how they did it, the lessons they learnt, and what life is like sipping limoncello on the other side. Let's get juicing. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the Midweek Squeeze. I hope you're having a really brilliant week so far. So my question this week comes from a listener by the name of Stephanie. And Stephanie asked whether I think it's possible to be in another relationship whilst co-parenting closely with your ex. And I think that's such a wonderful question. Thank you so much for asking this. I do think it's possible, but it's only possible if you're all on the same page and you are with partners who totally get why what you're doing and why co-parenting with your ex and having an amicable respectful relationship is so important to you so it's going to take a lot of trust um, and a lot of respect as well to your partner and your ex's partner as well to make sure that everyone feels super comfortable and make sure everyone is on the right page. But that being said, you don't want to be spending every day having to justify why you're talking to your ex the the, the ways that you are. It has to be somebody, I guess, that has the maturity to understand it, the maturity to step aside and the maturity to know that your little person or people come first and are so important to you and their well-being and health is so is is of paramount importance to you and that's why uh you know that's why you you do maintain the the relationship you do with your ex so i do think it is possible but you all have to be on the same page and whether that requires a conversation um or whether that requires also i guess slowly building up to that you want to make sure everyone's kind of on the same page as they're building up to feeling all really comfortable with one another and that could mean that your ex has the number of your new partner and vice versa uh, to make sure they're connected and they have their own um, their own line of communication. I definitely do think it is possible and it's something that uh, my when I was in a relationship after my fiance that I made very clear what my relationship was with my ex and that would always be important to me um, and although that probably was difficult for him at times he really did understand it and that just I think goes to show that there are people out there who will get it with you as well and I know that for my future relationships anyone who I end up dating or being with has to be very very comfortable with the fact that I have a close co-parenting relationship with my ex and how important it is for me and how because it's of the most importance to my son so that will be a really I guess a good screening process for me because there are a lot of people that might not be able to handle it but then they're probably not the people that would be attracted to somebody with a child who was co-parenting with her ex so you know, it does make it more tricky, but I definitely think you should believe that it is possible and all be in unison to working towards the same goal. They are my two tips. So I hope that helps. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for that question. 
This week I wanted to discuss my week because I think there was a lot of learnings in it and stuff that you might find applicable to your life and might resonate with you. So it all... and. Okay, first, I hate to be a basic bitch and blame it on Mercury retrograde, but I'm going to be a basic bitch and blame it on Mercury retrograde because what the F is going on Mercury retrograde usually doesn't impact me that much and everyone usually comes out of it being like, what the hell just happened? And I just think, well, it wasn't that bad. Um, but it's getting me good this this time around. So thank you so much, universe. Um, it's, it's just getting me good. It's breaking all my technology. It's making me emotional. It's making... Uh, seeing a lot of arguments with people around me. It is just inflaming all the crap at the moment. But um, no, that's okay. That's what's supposed to happen. We're not, we don't get given anything that we can't handle. Wow, I sound like a flip quote book. Anyway, I wanted to discuss this week because on Monday I uh, I had something that happened to me um, or something that happened in my life, I should say, uh, that made me really upset. It was really triggering and it was really upsetting uh and it got me really down and so what I realized I then did is I let every single thing that then happened that wasn't quite great afterwards validate that my day was shit I was having a shit day and things weren't fair and just to give up and throw in the towel because what was the point it was a shit day and that was just the end of it so I that is something that I fall victim to a lot this level of victimhood and that life isn't fair and that things are happening to me not for me and that haven't I been through enough and why isn't it over and everyone else seems to be doing so much better and getting on with their life and I'm still here and so on and so forth and that is the spiral in my head and that all started from one event, one thing that was upsetting, but then allowed me to plunge and spiral into this other place of thinking, of writing off the entire day as being shit and of think then that impacting my thinking about everything that, well, this is just what happens all the time. I'm always having shit days. Why do I always have shit days? That victim mentality. So if that sounds like something you do, welcome to the club. Isn't it fun, victimhood? Um, no, but I think when I then had awareness about what I was doing, it probably wasn't until maybe that afternoon, that night, where I had some awareness that, what I was doing, that I'd fallen into victimhood and that I was letting every inconvenience afterwards confirm and validate that, yes, I was having a shit day and there was no point in to give up. I realized what I then had to do was just to surrender to it and just to go with the flow of the day being what it is. One thing happening does not make for a bad day. We are just searching for all reasons why it's a bad day or a bad life or a bad month or whatever. So I think that's really important to have that awareness about when you are spiraling into that place and when you are reaching it proof that it is bad um, and to bring yourself out of that and to ask yourself what it is that you really need in that moment. So for for me, I felt like then I was pushing shit uphill and what had happened in the morning was upsetting. And so probably my body needed to come to terms with that instead of just rushing and pushing through it and everything was going to be fine. And if it's not fine, then that's just proof that everything is shit. So what I actually needed was to get out into nature 
was to look after myself, was to eat good food um, and probably rest because my body had been through a bit of a shock from the morning. It just needed to rest and come down from that. But of course, what I did was go into my old rhythm of, no, I've got the A, B, C, D need to do and I need to do it right now. And I realized too in that time that my, you know, we all have our addictions. Sometimes it's alcohol, sometimes it's drugs, sometimes it's um, food, sometimes it's social media. Mine is eating or not eating. And I realized in that moment that when shit happens or when things feel crappy and I feel uncomfortable, my brain says, okay, this has happened. It's not very good and you feel crap. So tonight, even though you've been eating really well and really looking after yourself and exercising, it's totally fine if you want to order all those, all that Thai takeaway. Go ahead. You deserve it. That's what my brain goes to. Um, and sometimes I buy into that and I say, yes, you're right. I do deserve that good food. I do deserve all those hot chips because it has been really crap and I deserve it. And, you know, that's going to make me feel better. And that's my, that's the pathway in my brain. It does that automatically. It does that with food. And, and that might sound familiar if you do that with a glass of wine or if you do that with distractions and going out or partners or whatever. So recognizing that that's my pathway allows me to have more awareness of when I'm doing it in the future and to make healthier, better choices. Because we all know no matter what we go through, no matter how crap we feel, if we then eat food that is not nourishing, we end up feeling so much worse than if we'd eaten the delicious, healthy leftovers that we had in the fridge from the night before. So it's about having, I guess what I'm trying to say is it's about having awareness of when our brain spirals into that victimhood or we start just blaming and passing it off and writing off the day and thinking, well, what's the point of anything? Or we reach for those quick fixes, i.e. food or alcohol or whatever that vice might be for you to have that awareness that that's happening. And that's the best thing we can do because that awareness is stay step one, really, because how are you meant to change your behavior or alter be- your behavior or know your cycles or your patterns if you don't know that you're doing it and you don't think it's an issue anyway? I know it's an issue when I reach for food and I want something really delicious and yummy because I deserve it. I know it's an issue when I write off my day because one bad thing happened and then I allow all the other uh, inconvenient things to prove that it's a bad day. I know that then makes me completely unproductive and writes off my day rather than nourishing and looking after myself. So the point of this whole chat is, I guess, just to have that awareness within yourself and and that you can do that by chatting it out with a friend a psychologist or a therapist or a friend, whatever works for you and journaling, stuff like that or getting, when I go for a walk, how much, you know, you get the most incredible insight when you go for walks and things just come to you and things just make a lot more sense. So um, there are a few ways that you can really delve into questioning and getting curious with your why, why you're reacting like this, where is this coming from? And for me, that pattern of victimhood, that pattern of, Uh, food that comes from I guess I've looked to that comes from my childhood and my life we you know we my family love eating good food and when things would be crap you would eat lovely food because that makes you feel better Uh, so there's that and there's also just victimhood it's learned behavior it's watching people around me resort to that as well um, which is so natural and so normal but then I think that that's the that's a coping mechanism when which victimhood is just the most disempowering place you can be 
And it's also come from recent events. You know, I always often talk about 2017 to now as one chunk of my life. And I was, you know, a lot of things happened. It wasn't just my relationship breakdown. A lot of other things happened in my personal life as well and in my family life. And I was a victim. Everyone told me how sad it was and how bad it was. And I was poor thing. And it was really crap what's happened to me. And I deserve sympathy and I deserve pity because poor you, poor Elizabeth, it's been really, really tough. And she, you know, has been so helpless and she hasn't done anything and she's a good person, but all of this has happened to her and it's not fair. And I soaked up that story. I loved that story because that story made me think it wasn't my fault and completely deflected any responsibility on my part or allowing me to look at my own shit and look at where how I got to where I was and the role I played because victimhood told me it wasn't my fault and victimhood gave me attention and victimhood gave me sympathy and when we feel really down we want sympathy we want people to identify and acknowledge what we've been through and that it has been tough and it I victimhood kept everyone around me stuck in that same story. It kept my ex stuck in that story too of what he air quotes did to me because I didn't want him to move out of that space because that means he got away with it and he wasn't acknowledging it. So if I stay in victimhood, it means that everyone still has to feel the same story over and over and over again and we're still going to be there. But what victimhood does is it keeps us small and it keeps us playing small and it keeps us stuck and it keeps us stuck in these stories that we've told ourselves. It doesn't let us grow and move and it blames everyone else and it deflects the blame and the problem on everyone else and doesn't take a look at who we are and what we've done and how we've got to where we are and the role that we've played, which is the most crucial, the most incredible, crucial vital part of unpacking your story and unpacking how you got to where you are and ultimately moving forward. Victimhood prevents you from moving forward. Victimhood prevents you from taking that leap. So I'm going to run through, if this at all sounds relevant to you or to somebody you know, I'm going to run through the six signs of victim mentality that might you know, you might identify with. And I hope for your sake that you don't, but if you do, this is maybe a chance to bring some awareness to that and try and work through that, which is what I try and do. So I've just, um, this is just on WebMD, but the six steps they've got is that you feel powerless, unable to solve a problem or cope effectively with it. And that is exactly what happened to me on Monday. I felt powerless and I was in this situation. There was actually nothing I could do and I felt unable to solve it. And so I can't cope. that is just black and white. I just couldn't, I can't cope because it's not my fault and it was external. So um, I can't cope effectively. The next step is you tend to see your problems as catastrophes. And again, Monday told me that as well. Sure, something initially happened, but then it was all other things that happened after that, that I just saw as the worst things in the world. How dare this now happen to me after I've had such a shit morning? Um, That is so unfair. And how bad is this? I'm having a bad experience and a bad day and a bad life, essentially. That's how drastic it gets because you start to see everything as these big catastrophes. So even though, you know, you might then say to other people, you will start to say it to another person and you'll realize how trivial and small these problems are and first world problem as well. You tend to think others are purposely trying to hurt you 
yup, you start to think that everyone else is the reason and they're out to get you and hurt you. So it says here, is it possible that you're seeing a malicious intention that's simply not there? And when you break it down and you look at why another person may have reacted or behaved how they did, very, very, very few times it's got anything to do with you. And once you realize that, you kind of can come out of realizing that no one was purposely trying to hurt you. Number four is kind of the same, but you believe you're al- you alone are targeted for mistreatment. And that, that's how it felt for me on Monday. I felt like I was a magnet for bad things happening. And really, it was just what I was attracting. I was in a state of believing I was a big victim, believing things were bad, believing everything. Of course, it's going to go wrong because why wouldn't it go wrong? Well, that just sets me up to be that exact magnet for the world and for th- things to keep going wrong. And then when they do, you're like, see, told you so. Five, you told hold tightly to thoughts and feelings related to being a victim. You also, and yes, I tell the stories because of A, B, C, D, and E. This is why I am a victim and this is why things are bad. You also refuse to consider other perspectives of how to think and how to cope with your problems. How many times do you have a friend try and talk you out of it or get you out of how you're feeling and you just think, no, you are wrong and I'm right? And finally, as a victim, you feel compelled to keep painful memories alive, not forgive and take revenge. Well, that doesn't feel as relevant to me now, but it certainly did in 2017. As I mentioned before, it was the state of victimhood keeps that story alive for everyone. It kept the story alive for my ex. It kept the story alive for my friends. It kept the story alive for then that new boy, my boyfriend that I then had because keeping me in that state meant that everyone kept feeling sorry for me and I was allowed to behave how I wanted or say what I wanted to my ex or do what I wanted because remember how bad it's been for me so I can be let off the hook. Um that just kept me small and just stopped me from growing. So you could think about these, how these ways of thinking are serving you or how they are not serving you and how they are in, in contributing to your unhappiness and contributing to keeping you small and keeping you stuck. We've got to get to a point where we, you know, you don't, you don't necessarily have to tell someone who hurt you or look at something and say, I forgive you but accepting the past that has happened. And it has happened for you, not to you. I can't tell you how many lessons and how much better of a person I am because of what has happened for me. The gifts that I have gotten from my experience far outweigh the cons. And so, but it's when I get bogged down in those few lists, that small list of cons is when I forget all the gifts. So we've got to get to that stage of accepting and forgiving ourselves for the past as well and acknowledging the greatness that have come out of it, the silver linings and the lemonade, if you will, as well. So there, there's some things that I felt really helpful and I hope you like that too. If you do resonate with victimhood, totally get it. Feel free to message me. Um, you're not alone. So many of us go through that and, you know, you are the one. You are the one that has the power to unlock yourself out of that victimhood cage. And I was the only one that could do that on Monday. No one else could do that for me. And it was just started with awareness. So I hope that helped. And I hope that you have the power to, yeah, pull yourself out of victimhood because life is so much better when you get out of feeling sorry for yourself. And let me say, if something has just happened and is very fresh and new, it is very normal just to feel sorry for yourself and to feel that, but don't live in that space. 
Don't live in that mess. Don't unpack your bags and decide to call victimhood home because it's not home. It's just like a temporary little stop to get you back on your way. So I hope that helps. Love chatting again. I love the midweek squeezes because I guess I can just wax lyrical about things that I find really interesting. Um, And I hope you do too. I will be back on Monday with another interview. Actually, I'm back on Monday with another Juice with Moni Barry, which you all loved last time when we chatted about love and relationships. We've just recorded that actually, and it's pretty epic. I'm really proud of it. So I'm I'm, I'm really excited to get that one out there. Um, Until then, have a brilliant, amazing weekend. And I hope you get in nature. And I hope you fill your soul with things that make you joyful and happy because that's exactly what you deserve to feel joyful and happy. Thank you so much, guys. Have a lovely week. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com.